On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. listening to Tall Can Audio. I have something to say to you! Here's your host. The issue here, sir, is that everyone fucking hates you. Matt Robinson. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside episode 954 of the Tall Can Audio podcast for your Friday morning we are on Twitter and Instagram at Audio. You can give us a follow there. Let us know what you think about everything that we're, we're dealing out here today. Also, make sure you're following along or subscribed on your podcast app, whether that be uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Pods, Spotify, wherever you are, there's a follow button, there's a subscribe button. Go ahead, make sure you hit that and, uh, and follow along. All kinds of great stuff coming. If you missed it, episode 953, just ahead of opening day for your Toronto Blue Jays. Dan Schulman was on the podcast, so you're going to want to make sure you check that one out as he got us all set for baseball. Uh, there was some pessimism there as to whether or not we would get opening day on time. It's a little bit late, but not as late as some people were uh, were worried about. So all kinds of great stuff around uh, the Talking Audio podcast right now. Today, happy to be welcoming back to the show from Faces Magazine, our buddy Steve Bundes here. What's going on, Maddie? Thanks for having me back. Really, uh, really glad you're here. Somewhat less glad uh, that Graham Creech is here. Uh, <laughs> At uh, first I was like, why? And now I remember. Yeah, why? Why? Uh, on Tuesday, uh, we will let the good listener in on the fact that uh, the Creech sent me a, a DM that I thought was legit. Thought he was just curious. Thought he was uh, just wondering what had happened. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs held a 5-1 lead over the Florida Panthers. They did not hold that lead. Uh, that lead evaporated, <laughs> and uh, the Leafs lost in overtime. And, and Creech, it wasn't enough for him to just DM me and ask, hey, what are these 5-1 tweets about? What happened? I thought I'm being a good guy. I'm like, fine, I'll, I'll relive this. We'll send it back. Ask, you know, we'll just, we'll just let him know. Uh, this is what happened. The Leafs blew the lead. Uh, what I, he's like, yeah, I know. I just, <laughs> I'm just trolling you. That wasn't enough, though. He had to uh, then talk about it on the radio and uh, on, on, uh, on, what was it, Wednesday morning, I guess. Yeah, mentioned everybody that he was trolling me and uh, so whatever. Don't he forget had, the Panther jersey. Yeah, don't forget the Panther jersey. I, I, uh, I might have stirred the pot on that yeah. too, like I <laughs> wanted to do, not because I don't like you, Matt, but because I know Creech has a vintage Panthers uh, 
Pavel Bury jersey. And what is that about? Yeah. Where does the... Bury was my guy. Okay. I, I, actually, just if you want a quick, put, quick put, story time. But not here. Rangers Bury. Oh, not no, Canucks of course Beret, not. So it's I Panthers Bury. So Bury was my favorite player growing up. Yeah. And the like the week that he got traded um, from Vancouver to Florida is... It was... I was asking for a birthday gift or my, my mom was going to get me the Bury Canucks jersey. And then he got traded. Mm-hmm. So she asked, like, well, what do you want? So I'm like, okay, well, let's go with Panthers. So I got the blue Panthers beret jersey. The classic, yeah. And then fast forward years down the road, my uh, what would be my eventual wife, when we were dating, her first gift for to me for my birthday, uh, we'd probably been dating for about a year, was a beret Canucks jersey in the old uh, the old brown. Oh, black, yeah. Whatever you want yeah, to call yeah. it. With the, I got the tie-downs, like, full... <laughs> Full out uh, legit jersey too, so I got both of those, um, and that's yeah, that's why I own a Pavelbury Florida Panthers blue jersey. It's because it got traded right around my birthday, and I wanted it still. Uh, you guys know how we like to do things around here. It's uh, it's craft beer before we uh, we get into whatever we're here to talk about. Which this this day is UFC two seventy three. We'll get to that. All kinds of things on the MMA front. Uh, I think. Bunda, you and I are into the. You, you kind of laid laid down the gauntlet here. Um, you guys were both in, I think, in October or November, and uh, the keg fridge was not up and running. And uh, I don't know, Bunda, you kind of had mentioned a few times on social media you weren't coming back <laughs> until the keg fridge was up and running. That's not like Bunda. <laughs> no, and so uh, it is up and running now. We have uh, the stout from uh, the Vimy Brewing Company here. Um, Honestly, it's a, it's a great beer. We were talking in the green room there before we started that uh, I, I'm happy to try anything, but you don't buy in bulk. You don't buy 20 or 30 liters unless you know you like it. And uh, for me, that's the, the Vimy Stout. Uh, what do you guys think? I know you both tried it, but uh, whether it's a show beer or not, what do we think of the Vimy Stout? Yeah, well, I'm still cranking it right now. It's it's pretty solid. I, I like it. I'm uh I'm not the biggest stout guy. I've found a couple I've really liked, so I've I've been on that. But right now I'm uh I'm my second glass, so it's pretty good. So shout out to the guys at Vimy. I like it. Creature, yeah, I also think? uh like Bunda. I usually will dip into like one stout and then kind of be done with it and and move on to. Uh, other styles, like I'm, I'm talking about, like in one sitting. Sure. Uh, so I, I have a few as well that I like, and uh, yeah, I like this Vimy Stout, and I enjoyed uh, uh, the christening of of that keg for yeah. uh, for Bunda and I here tonight. And now I'm on to uh, the Omnipolo Zodiac, which uh, you had in your fridge, and uh, that's one of my. If I if I'm buying from a grocery store or uh, or the LC. <laughs> That's that's one of my go tos. Always nice. grab a couple, have in the fridge. It's uh, that one's nice. I think yeah. it's at every grocery store possible, right? Like it's it's there. I love that, eh? Though, mm-hmm. like it, it more and more. Like when you first saw the 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 beer thing drop into the grocery stores, it was always sort of the same six or eight. It, it wasn't even like your Coors and Molsons and stuff. It was still craft breweries, but it was always the same guys. It does seem like more and more branching out and, and like you can walk in and find something different now. It's not obviously sure. quite like an LCBO, but they're doing a nice job. But it depends, I guess, where you go and who's, who's doing the okay. ordering. Yeah. Like there are some really good spots, but, uh, but no, that's, uh, just, just like a block and a half from here, there's an independent. And when I go in there, like there's always like six or eight new ones that I haven't tried before. It's nice. Yeah. Mm. Zodiac uh, too has one of the best cans, I think. 
That's what's over. The first time I ever had it a few years yeah. ago was I, it was the artwork for sure. Yeah, that that like black with the green yeah. space stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then when when the beer tastes nice, it always helps. It doesn't hurt at all, eh? So, um, yeah. So that's what we're doing here. We're sipping on a couple. We may take a break to try something else here halfway through, as as tends to happen from time to time. Uh, look, we're here to talk fights, but I think we would be remiss off the hop here if we didn't at least touch on something else that did happen that that may cause a fight or two down the road between the Montreal Canadiens and the Ottawa Senators on Tuesday night. Uh, Brendan Gallagher himself, not above the occasional, I don't know, exaggeration or uh, he's a bit of a pest. He calls out Ottawa's uh, sophomore, you know, star, whatever you want to call it. Maybe not quite a star yet. Certainly going to become one. Calls him maybe a little bit of a diver, right? And he spends too much time laying on the ice. Um, and uh, Senator fans perhaps rightly did not take it all that well. As an impartial observer to this, as someone who hates both teams fairly equally. <laughs> not one more than the other, Matt? Mm, I don't know. Given what happened last May, maybe I hate Montreal a little more right now, but uh, it, it's hard to measure from it's whoever I'm playing next, really. We'll see the 16th, right? I think next Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Sense. It's coming up again. So we'll see. But to me, like, we don't have to spend a ton of time here, but like, did it not seem a little bit of pot calling the kettle black with Brendan Gallagher throwing that down on Tim Stutzla? Because there is a certain amount of, in my opinion, and Creech, I heard you on the radio on Wednesday saying something fairly similar that like, yeah, Stutzla does go down a little easy from time to time, but most young stars do. There was a time where Sidney Crosby wore the diving, you know, label uh, early in his career is there anything to be read into this at all? Or is it just another kid who's come up like so many before him used to getting all the calls and uh, he's kind of making his way in the league right now and he's probably just going to grow out of it. Well, I guess I'll just start because I feel like what I said on the radio is perfect for this podcast in that, well, I'll start by saying not everything like Brenna Gallagher had a bit of a point. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I, I do believe that Stutzla will often try to draw some some penalties. Um, I do not agree with the part where he was talking about how he's on the ice half the time they played against him and that he's acting injured. I, I don't think he's ever acted injured. I, I, last night or the uh, Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. night, uh, as an example, he took a knee on knee. It was, it was a reckless play. I don't mm-hmm. think anything more than what the penalty that, that was dished out for, but his probably initial reaction was, uh-oh, what – what's wrong with my knee here. And, yeah. and I don't think he's, he's faking anything. Uh, but at the same time would like to, I, I, and I, I'm not even concerned about it. I just think it's something that will eventually evolve out of his game uh, in, in trying to, to draw penalties. Uh, and I don't have an issue with it. Um, and, and yeah, that's what I used the other day was Brennan Gallagher saying that to him is Brennan Gallagher spends more time on the ice than a Bud Light at a craft beer festival. So <laughs> let's let's be careful. The I, source I got, matters. I got, it's the Spider-Man meme right now, okay? Yeah. Like, this is what we're talking about here. What did you think of it, Bunda? 
Yeah, I, I like it because it's good for the rivalry right now. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with Creech. I think it's something that's obvious right now. A lot, like everyone can see that Tim Stutzel is going to be a much better player than Brendan Gallagher ever will be. Yeah, and that and, and that's you know Brendan Gallagher is well well into his back nine. For him saying this stuff, I get it. It's fun. It, it, it's like I think he knows that too, and he's trolling. Like he knows he's been a pest. Like there was, I, I loved uh, just seeing Sen's Twitter last night and today. You know, bringing up all the quotes because I think this is the second time now he's called out Tim Stutzler. Yeah, and then there was like videos. I saw one video today of like Brennan Gallagher just uh, sucker punching Corey Conacher <laughs> at the Sen's years Good ago. Good old Corey Conacher. Yeah, and it's just like, and then he still lost the fight. <laughs> but like it was just like. You know, he's just kind of always been that guy. So I think he's doing it on purpose. Like he doesn't like Tim Stutzler for whatever reason, but I like it. It's fine. And his comments, whatever. Like Creech said, like this guy is like, it's what he does. Nobody likes an intentional troll, right, Creech? No. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Even though I helped troll uh, you tonight, Matt. Yeah, no, there's some. You know what? I I, I like and respect Gallagher's game for sure. I. If there was a time you'd want him on your team. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the only reason not anymore is because he's getting paid way too much for way too long, and and his game yep. has just fallen. Yep. Um, but I I loved what he brought, and and did he go down easy to to draw calls? Of course he did. He still does. He did it the last time the Sens and Canadians hooked up. So I just think it's rich that for him to be going up and down uh, a young star player in the league when when he still does it at what is he twenty nine? So I. I don't think it's a problem is for Stutzler. That's all he is is twenty nine. That's wow. I, just, I, I saw that the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy's been around yeah, forever. It, it feels like his game is at where he's, he's like thirty four or something. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess hard miles on <laughs> on not the biggest body. Well, he spends a lot of time on the ice. He should be fine. <laughs> all those wounds should be healed up by now. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, you know we we referenced uh, or Bunda did there the idea of the the occasional sucker punch. And we saw one of those a couple of weeks ago, apparently, outside of a steakhouse in Miami. Jorge Masvidal waiting on Colby Covington is only a matter of weeks after the, f- the, 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 f- the fact that they faced off in the octagon. And Colby Covington, as we all know, can be a bit of a douche. Uh, not above bringing your family into it, your wife into it, your kids into it. In fact, going into that fight, he posted on his Instagram a picture of him with Jorge Masvidal's ex-wife. And we see Masvidal, I guess they're both from the Miami area, uh, wait for Covington outside of this steakhouse and sucker punch him. And uh, it, it, you know, I guess one of the crimes... Masvidal is being charged with is the fact that uh, damage over a thousand dollars because Covington was wearing a, a Rolex that was worth nine thousand dollars <laughs> and it broke or something like that. Um, we've talked a bunch of times when you guys have been on the show before about whether or not the UFC can ever fully become a mainstream, you know, sport that gets shown at six o'clock on Sports Center or whatever that might look like. This kind of bullshit <laughs> where you, you've kind of got this thug mentality of, yeah, we fought for real inside the octagon, but I didn't like what you had to say after the fight, so I'll be waiting for you outside your dinner. I don't know. Like, this is another strike against the sport, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely doesn't look good. And you could be Masvidal all you want and be upset about him talking about, 
his ex-wife or whatnot. But Masvidal hasn't won a fight since Diaz. Like he, yeah. he's, I don't like Jorge Masvidal one bit, and and to see him doing this, I, I get it. But at the same time, like you said, like Dana White has been very much like, you know, you go back to what was it, the Ultimate Fighter one when he you had like Diaz and all these guys fighting in the rooms and outside like and he kicked them out like he, like yeah it just you you look like a bunch of idiots when you're brawling and doing stuff like that Masvidal I don't know how many more fights he has left in the UFC like his name is quickly going away after his you know couple title fights where he doesn't show up when you're calling out Kamaru Usman and then you basically like, you don't show up and then you get your ass beat too by Colby Covington like that title fight was one-sided big time like Masvidal didn't look good at all. So it's like now you're going to go wait outside a steakhouse and do something like that. Like real Bush League. Because like Covington's that. a douche. Like I get that. That's sure, the right? thing. Like yeah. I, I don't feel bad for I either of these like guys. I don't like No. But no. in saying that, what it, it was Masvidal. Like that, that wasn't acting professional. And, no. and I know that like it, it is – Mixed martial arts and, and there's a lot of guys and obviously GSP probably at the at the forefront that are very professional about how they conduct themselves and, yeah. and, and the whole me, uh, martial arts mentality. But there's also a lot of guys that grew up like Jorge Masvidal did and 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 is is a street fighter. Yep. And and oh you said this about these people well, he and this came is up what I'm fighting do, but Kimbo Slice protocols. Like it's it was so weird. And to see now, yeah, like that that's that's unprofessional and well Dana says all the time we want to be viewed as one of those big four or five national sports in the U.S. and you got guys like shoving at press conferences and swearing at each other and beating the shit out of each other outside of nightclubs or steakhouses or whatever like at some point I think Colby's gonna stop posting on Instagram where he's at yeah that's a good call <laughs> like for sure um, I don't know I like I guess the. If I was Colby, I I would charge him, and I like. You and know he did. What? He 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 gave and a statement I, to the cops. And I'd he is follow pressing through charges. with that because this this is how you're going to conduct yourself after I mop the floor with you. It's just and, so yeah. hard to the be. Rules, I'm yeah. going to screw up your life now. But it's just so hard to view Covington as I know, the victim I know. or as the good guy. But yeah, when somebody he's sucker not punches. he's not a he's not a good guy. <laughs> no, but and I've always been on the middle because I think a lot of what he does is an act. Like Covington, yeah, that's fair. Like I, I, be- I know. <laughs> oh, for sure. But in every, and we, we talk about it so much. Whether it's hockey, football, bat, like every sport needs villains. Yeah, and he is the like biggest villain in the UFC because Conor McGregor can't really get into the UFC anymore. <laughs> He's always got something going on, but also he hasn't been very much relevant. No. Like Colby Covington's a guy where he can show up in the octagon. Yep. So whatever he does oh, he's good. to get himself motivated, yep. whether it's getting video calls from Donald Trump or <laughs> wearing his hats or just talking like a goof and being a goon, I don't like a lot of the way he acts, but I do believe a lot of it is an act. So, you know, whatever. I like his fighting style, and I think he's one tough SOB. Yep. We've seen that in both fights with Kamara Usman where, you know what, like this guy has a chin, and he took beatings, but he still stood there and he kept going and all the way to the fifth fifth round, basically. And you know he, he got knocked out, I guess, and broke his jaw in the first fight against Usman. But like, Usman's this, mopped the floor with everybody yeah, else, yeah. Except for like this, Covington's yeah. legit for yeah, sure, for yeah. sure. So I, I kind of respect parts of him, but I, like I said, like this part of it is like, you know, you shouldn't be doing what you did here, but at the same time, you can't be a Masvidal and showing up outside to to sucker punch a guy. And it just takes all the credibility. It drags it right back into mm-hmm. these are all just thugs, and you know it, it. 
it's very WWE, right? Like, uh, you guys catch WrestleMania? Anything stand out there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stone Cold. Uh, awesome. No, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm not a wrestling no, guy. Vince yeah. McMahon can't sell a stunner <laughs> oh to save his life. Oh, my God. That's what 70s. is he still doing at Stop WrestleMania? It. Stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. Yeah. No, it, but that's what this looked like, right? You cut away from the ring, and there's a, a segment being shot somewhere, and we're going to set up. I, like, the thing is, I don't know how the UFC... Even that trying to, like, they're going to dodge this and just say, we'll let the legal process play out and they're not going to suspend anybody or whatever. But the ideal scenario would be to turn this into another main event, another, but nobody wants to see it again. We've yeah. seen it, right? And it's, it's always goes the same way. So it's not even like the UFC can turn this into a moneymaker. It's just, well, they, a, it's just an embarrassment. Well, they'll turn Masvidal into money somehow. Like they'll, I bet he fights Connor. Him, something like that exactly. Just, what should happen is he should be cut. Yes. And John Jones and whatever you yep. mess up that many times, you should be cut if, like, if you wanted to run like a legitimate business. But we know that, that this stuff... Yeah. It helps make money, right? So it's never. I'm not happen. even kidding. I bet you it is Connor versus Masvidal next. No, I, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't see it. I, a couple of bad boys. I, it doesn't fuck no, with your not rankings. Not big enough for Connor. I think I at this it, point. Yeah. Even though really? he doesn't yeah. deserve to yeah. be well, fighting for the title, but he's he's always going to find himself he keeps in getting that mix. Beat. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and the one thing about this though is you know at least like Connor can still sell a fight on like, yeah. himself, but like. Masvidal, who's he really pushing the needle for? Like, unless he's fighting a champion, no one. I don't see how, like Connor, sure, but why would Connor want to waste his time? Like I said, this guy doesn't want to fight since Ben Askren and, and <laughs> Nate Diaz. Like, come on, like, uh, and Askren, what? That was like his his that was his high point. He's he's yeah. going downhill ever since then. I don't know. Well, who he was a journeyman before he got hot for like three fights. Yeah, yes. yeah. seriously. And and this is a guy where. I, I don't know who his next fight is going to be. He's still ranked in the top ten, but I don't. I don't really have. I've never liked Jorge Masvidal because I've always thought he talks a lot more than what he really is in the yeah. octagon. And that's where, like I said, I, I'll back up Covington in this because he always makes like he steps up in the yep. occasion. And in, in this sense, I don't know what Connor's next moves are. I don't think anyone. I just does. think it it works because you got a couple of bad boys, and it doesn't affect the rankings. Neither guy is in position right now to challenge for a title. Oh, Connor still will though. Oh, yeah. It's garbage, but he will. Yeah, and, uh, I guess. Uh, I don't think it's. Nice. I know. I know what you're saying, right? Dana, will give it to him. Yeah. yeah. Well, because Dana knows who's bringing in the money in that sense, which is, I, which is, I agree. Like John Jones, I was reading, he's still hoping to get a title yeah. fight this this summer <laughs> for the heavyweight bout, and it's Whatever. like, but it's like <laughs> I'm just watching this guy. I think it was um, Aaron Bronsetter, you know, TSN's MMA guy. He tweeted out the video of. Him a couple like I guess at his Hall of Fame enshrinement a couple months back, uh, where he's bashing his head on a cop car and he's obliterated <laughs> and he was you know he's putting his hands on his girl again. It's just like what are you doing? And this is the night he was in Vegas for his Hall of Fame, and My it's God. like what are you doing? Like he just some he just doesn't get it ever. No, and he is ultimately the like one of the greatest fighters of all time. Right, and it just and and like I said for Masvidal in this sense. I, I don't even know who I'd make him fight next. I wouldn't even care. Like I said, he's not on my radar. Oh, so. nah, there's money to be made with him still. Though. Oh, sure, but I don't. I could like care the less. video packages and stuff that they could. That, that, and this is it, right? This is it with the UFC. This is where they do intersect with WWE. That man, we could tell a good story here, right? We could sell a fight. We can here. sell pay per views. Yes, for yeah. sure. Uh, it is a good looking pay per view on Saturday night. 
273, couple of title fights, and maybe a featured bout that is overshadowing both of them. Um, I'm intrigued by this one. There's a few places we can start, but let's build up as we go here. And, and Bundy, you've always got notes on the undercard. We'll get to that here uh, shortly. Um, <laughs> There's enough on the main card we got to get to. First. Exactly. And why don't we start, because we were going to see Calvin Gastelum again, who I enjoy watching, but that fight fell apart. Uh, there was a few different things that went wrong there. So it looks like at this point, and maybe unless you guys have seen something, I haven't, the main card is going to be just the four uh, fights. And we have Mackenzie Dern taking on Tisha Torres. And I don't, to me, this is an interesting one because Torres had sort of fallen off a little bit before coming back and winning. I believe she's won her last three in a row. And Mackenzie Dern is interesting because she might be the best ground fighter in the division, right? At, at that weight class. But she's sort of fallen in love with starting to box here a little bit. And her stand-up game has gotten better, but maybe to a point where she's fallen in love with it a little too much. What do you guys make of this one? Yeah, I'm I'm really high right now on Mackenzie Dern, just from her last couple fights. And I think that she's someone that right now, she's got some, some nastiness. She's coming off a loss, but I feel like she's going to push the, the pace here a good bit. She's a bit... A little bit under the radar, I believe, and and her last couple fights, like she's a submission master. Like yeah, she's all about jujitsu. But uh, I feel like this is one where she's not getting the credit and, and the love that she might be might deserve. And I get Tisha Torres, like you said, she's the striker in this one. But I don't know. I I've, I like a lot of the way Mackenzie Dern fights. She's a bit bigger at five four opposed to the five one. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, but at the same time, just a wee one. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm 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 liking uh, Mackenzie Dern. Creech, you got any thoughts on this one? Because it's an interesting point being five one, and it, it, it's always kind of an awkward. So I I coached women's sports for a little while, and it was always uncomfortable when you had to talk about I need you to lose a couple pounds, right? Like it's just different with women's sports for some reason. And Tisha Torres is a killer. But the best word that you would describe her frame as if she were a man would be stocky, perhaps, right? And so it it changes things a little. If Mackenzie Dern is going to try and strike with her, it's a different, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, that that high-low game, it's a different, you know, where are you going to strike? How are you going to get in there? Um, And I may have just talked myself into a horrible corner that neither of one of you guys are going to want to help me out of. And that's totally fine. That's how it goes. Let's just say here, I'll help you out by saying... I appreciate this. I don't know what to expect because Torres, like was on an absolute terror to, to start her career mm-hmm. uh, going to 10 and one and uh, I believe and then and then lost four straight fights but they were all to or three of them were to, to former champions so and then obviously now she's on on the up and up since then yeah so I just don't know what to expect other than a battle and that's uh she's looking to jump into the top five here for with a win well like, it's, is, a, it's definitely a pivotal top 10 yeah. bout for both of these uh I think Tisha Torres after winning three in a row. Even though she's ranked below Mackenzie Dern, I believe I believe Dern is five and Torres is eight. I believe after winning three in a row, like there's a chance, like she'll be next in line for a title fight if she could get this done, right? And and it is interesting, right? It, it, if Mackenzie Dern has decided that she's fallen in love with, and I'm, I've read a couple of previews here, and and one of the the people described it like. After you've punched someone in the face once, it can become addicting, right? Like you want to keep punching them in the face. And if that's not your game, 
you could, you know, you can kind of be taken out of your strategy a bit. The best thing that Dern could do would be to try and get Torres back, right? Like after a couple of missed strikes, maybe if she can get her to the ground, it's no contest that Mackenzie Dern is the better fighter here, but she's shown flashes of like championship pedigree, yeah. but we'll see what happens. It's definitely compelling, but I, and I don't mean to undersell it. I just feel like the the rest of the fights on the main card ahead of it, I, yes. like I, I'm just super into all of them. But this is still like it, it's a very pivotal fight for 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 both of these fighters, and, and and it would be a good way to start things off for sure. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that even for Mackenzie Dern here, like she's got the reach by two and a half, but at the same time, I think she she knows how she's going to win this fight. It's not going to be boxing. And and that's where I I have a feeling she's going to take her down. I know she's got some more, like she's starting to show some skill. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, this is a very pivotal match. She's coming off a loss. Right. And she wants to stay in that top Remember who you are and what you do. Exactly. And if you you start kind of trying to cater to another, you know, another fighter's way of fighting and outside your realm here, you're going to get yourself in trouble. So I'm. You never know with those though, eh? Like It's true. You never know. It, it, it's that's the beauty like of with Wonder sport. Boy as as an example too. Like you just never know when when there's a clash of styles like that. Like who's gonna who's gonna have the the edge once uh, yeah once the fight's underway. Like it it, it is a good way to start. It, Even though. for Tisha Torres, I guarantee she's been doing a lot of jujitsu her campus to be ready for this fight. Yeah, right, knowing that hey, like if she boxes with you, you're good. But be ready for her to take you to the ground. Like I guarantee, she's been getting coached up like that. So same way goes, and I'm feeling it for Mackenzie Dern. I think that she had a bad, like her her bad fight. She lost by decision, but she's someone that I think has a bit more pedigree right now. And you know, Tisha Torres, like she's been hot, but we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a good fight, though. I think that's it's um it's sitting there for a low key like fight of the night because I think some of these title fights are going to be, you know, not duds, but one sided. So My I goodness. think this is okay. one where yeah, yeah, this okay. is a very well even like where I don't know who's going to win this. I'm leaning towards Dern, but this one I feel like could be, you know, a full three round, like pretty good battle. Now we know we're going to hold you to a prediction here. So you're taking Dern? I'll take Dern if you. Yeah, I'll take Dern too. Going with my girl, Stocky Tisha Torres. I'm going to ride that all the way to the ground. <laughs> I now, like it. I it, like it. You know what? She's just, she's tough. She's got that three, uh, that three fight streak. She knows she's on the verge of getting in that title picture. Um, and maybe next in line for, for Rose Nama Yunus, who we all love here at, uh, Thug Rose, at this, baby. Yeah. No, 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 life. No, all right. Two out of three of us love Thug Rose. <laughs> my girl, Zhang Wiley. You know what? This one... I thought about saving it to the end because to me it's the main event, even though it's it's going to be third from the top on the card. Look, we've talked a couple of times on this show, and and me far more than that when I'm here every week. Hamzat Shemaev has absolutely been on fire since coming into the UFC, like very few prospects before him. But this is unquestionably his biggest test going up against Gilbert Duraneo Burns in a, in a welterweight fight. And this is a huge jump up in competition. Uh, Chimeyev is ranked at 11, and I believe Burns is at number two mm-hmm. right now in that welterweight division. So this is a huge fight. And Burns, when you look at the betting lines, is a massive dog. Like, people are giving him no yeah. respect. Insane. Uh, are we, are there's a couple of dogs that we're going to get to. Yeah. It, that 
Like, I want Shemaev to, to win. I, I really want it, this train to continue going in this direction. I might bet some money on Gilbert Burns. <laughs> You'd and- almost be foolish. Like, the, I, I'm blown away. And the number 11 is at times, like, I've seen five, seven, like... Uh, at the time of this recording, Gilbert Burns plus 400. Right. And I've seen him as high as plus 575. Like, and when he went in to face um, Kumaro Usman, he was a plus 200. How is he three times less likely to win against this number 11, Hamza Chimeyev? Like, that is incredible. Yeah. But he's not a true 11, though. Yeah. Like, he, no, he's not. Fighting, nobody would take the fight because they don't want their ranking to go down. Yeah, nobody will fight this guy. Um, now, it is interesting, even in terms of size and strength. I am pumped for this, though, by the way. It's going to be incredible. I am so excited for this fight. Like, to me, like I said, this is my main event. Obviously, uh, you know, we got two title fights and, and they'll be good. But this is the one I'm I'm looking forward to this card for. But... We've just never seen anybody like I don't remember Jamea being hit, and that's one thing Burns could do to him, right? Like yeah. uh, when you jump up to this level, um, in theory, this is going to be the first big test for this guy. Um, the only thing I guess you could look at in terms of, or one of the things we should look at is is size and and strength discrepancy, uh, where you know Jamea is fighting here at 170. He's also fought at 185, and he doesn't look out of place there. He still has power at 185. Um, Gilbert Burns is fighting here at 170. He can fight at 155. So, you know, it's different body types. It's different uh, different styles at different times. And a lot of people are trying to remind you that, that Gilbert Burns lost to Dan Hooker at 155. Like that, like Dan Hooker's a capable fighter. Shit happens, right? Like, mm-hmm. but... I don't know. There's a size and strength discrepancy here, but there's an experience discrepancy here. There's a huge jump up in competition. Like there's so many stories going into this. Uh, I don't know. Somebody take it. Like, what do you guys think of this? Well, I think the one thing I've noticed and I've loved so much about Shemaev is just one, like his fighting style. Like you said, he's not getting touched, but it's his confidence is just ridiculous. Yeah. Hearing him talk, like he doesn't care who he fights. He calls out everyone. He's yeah. called out Usman. He's like, I don't care who he, I fight. I got to fight everybody. I want to smash everybody. Uh, Aaron Bronstetter asked him the other day, who like, you know, how you want to be a two division. I want to be three division. I want all the belts. I don't care. I want to take all. I love this dude. Yeah. Like he's just that like, and I don't even want to call it cocky, but just so confident. Like he doesn't care. He's like, I'll fight like Burns. I don't care. And then, you know, he was asked, I think who deserves the next title shot. He's like, I don't care. I just want to fight. I will smash anybody because there's another welterweight fight happening next week that has a lot of meaning to it as well. But it's just like this guy is like, no one wants to fight him, and Gilbert Burns is kind of left like, high and dry here because he just lost to Usman, yeah. and Usman just beat up like Burns, and then he beat up Covington, he beat up Masvidal. Like he kind of doesn't really have an opponent except for Leon Edwards, who's finally it looks like going to get his title shot, which he's probably deserved. Well, for a couple he of better years now. sign that yeah. document quick. I, I don't know what's going on with him because he just doesn't seem to understand what he's doing. But, <laughs> um, you know, that was a fight that was supposed to happen before COVID was uh, Shemaev versus Leon Edwards. Yeah. And then it never happened because Shemaev had COVID. And then there was a time where I think he like retired. Like he had like an Instagram post because he was suffering pretty bad from COVID. And he yeah. didn't know how he was going to go out. But 
now just seeing him talk, the way he walks, the way he just does everything, like this is just a monster. And like you said, he, the experience is completely different here because Shemaev's 10 and 0. Like yep. that's all he's got to his name. Where you got a guy who's 20 and 4 on the other side who, you know what? Like he was what? He was right there with Usman in the first round and almost knocked Usman out. Oh, he just out. He came so, that close to knocking him out. Yeah, and, and they're both good wrestlers and they're both good strikers. So yeah. this is one where you're looking at a good size difference between 6'2", who's Shemaev at 5'10", versus Burns, and there's a 4-inch reach on Shemaev's uh, side here. So, yeah. like, and like you said, the size, like, Shemaev's fought lightweight. He's going to fight welterweight. He's going to, I don't know if he's going to move up. Like, I, I don't know what he's Yeah, gonna, look out out of some. Yeah. Like, 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 may, we may <laughs> see the first three-division champ like, here. This is a guy, and you know what? I, I, I believe him. I don't know about you guys, but like, if this guy wants to have three, like, I, I believe him, and I think Dana White knows that. I bet you, if he even wins this fight against Dorino Burns, he might not even be up next for a title shot. He should be. He should, but he should be. And, and I, I respect to Gilbert Burns for taking this fight yeah. because it seems like nobody else was going to, and and he's got the number two beside his name, and and like he's not eleven, like I said, but but that's what he is on, yeah. on paper, and and that's why no one was. Was wanting to uh, to sacrifice their ranking for this. So <laughs> if he comes body. in and, and he's and he's impressive once again, like how can you not? How can he not have the next title fight? It it, mm. ha- it has to be him. And and Gil- and for Gilbert Burns, it's a good it's a good decision to make too because you want to get back to that spot and and a, like what better way to do it than with an impressive victory? Yeah, be over the stopper yeah. here. Yeah. Like, is there a chance? It, it sounds like all three of us would be guilty of it if there is. That we have bought way too much into the hype here, like because he hasn't. Uh, it looks legit, man. I agree, but he hasn't fought anyone of consequence yet. He is destroying people. That's. Um, I'm, I'm gonna it, say I'm probably print some money on Gilbert Burns, but I I do believe and I want Shmaev to win. His last opponent, and I'm forgetting his name now. It was another Korean, uh, and so I'm not even going to attempt to pull that out. But he carried him across the ring, slammed him down in front of Dana White, and yeah. started chirping at him. Jingleheng. <laughs> yes. And you're just like, this guy is legit. But he hasn't had to... F- like, Gilbert Burns could stop this in a hurry. Like, we could all just be like, wow, okay. Like, this is only a three-round fight, but Shemayev's never seen a third round before, right? Like, he just no. mowed through people. You guys were talking about untouched, though. He's, so he's outlanded his opponents in significance rates 112 to 1. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so he hasn't hit, been touched. And I think that one, one was time. his first fight. Yeah. Against Phillips. Yeah. No. And like this guy is coming off of what? A second round sub, back to back, um, first round KOs, and then a first round sub in his last fight. Like you said, where he had the the ultimate kind of I'm right here, Dana White, where yeah. he was beating him up and looking and yelling at Dana White. Yep. The one thing too where this is an interesting <laughs> fight too on another side of it for for Gilbert Burns. If there was a fight, I'm not sure, and I'm not sure how training is gonna go here for uh Kazma Shumav, but he's fighting right now during Ramadan. And that's something where he he talked about this week. He doesn't want to do again, but he said, I had to take this fight, yeah. and if I didn't take it, then I'd be called, oh, he's afraid yep. to fight somebody. And he's fighting anyways. We've seen in the past, like Habib Nurmagomedov never fought during no. Ramadan. Like a lot of these fighters, very they, they don't want to train because this is like they starve. Like this is what happens. So Shemayev's still fighting during Ramadan anyways because he wanted to take the fight. And that's where it's like, you have to respect a fighter that's just willing to fight at all times. Dana White's get, like loves this guy. This is such a guy. good point by you. Yeah, it's it's a big deal here right now. Well, because was Kazuma he not the, 
the fastest guy to three wins? Did he not do it in like 69 days or 39 days? Like they fought on back-to-back weekends. Yeah, he, he fought July 15th, July 25th, and September 19th. Yeah, unreal. And then he had those bet with COVID. <laughs> yeah. And he was supposed to fight, I think, in January of 2021. So September to Jan- like yeah. that was his next fight with Leon Edwards. And that's when he caught COVID and he he, you know, he had to go back through all of his training and whatnot. And like I said, he he went through a pretty tough time where he even admitted it beat him up mentally. He didn't yeah. know uh how things were gonna go. But this is where and, and like I said, I don't know how much this is gonna play into the fight or not. It, it could or not, but at the same time, like, and Shemayev admitted, like, I don't want to fight again during Ramadan, but at the same time, I don't need anyone talking no. trash about me yeah. trying to duck fighters. If I would say I want to fight and I want to smash everyone, <laughs> I'm showing up to fight and smash everyone. So a lot of respect to him for taking this fight. And for Gilbert Burns on that side of it, I mean, you got to take advantage of that. Like, Gilbert Burns can wrestle, he could strike. So this is a very even matchup in terms of where these guys are at. It's a matter of, you know, just, the confidence factor, like is Gilbert Burns, like I haven't heard a lot. He, I, I haven't seen him out there talking about this. Like, like all week I've heard Shmaev. He's still talking about smashing yeah. Usman. Yeah, he's like, I'll, I'll smash Colby Covington. Like, bring. It's like you don't want me fighting this guy. Like, he's like, uh, he just is so confident. I love it, and I love hearing that he's just he doesn't care. He's fighting no matter what, and he like taking the fight on Ramadan is big. Well, so the 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 word seems to be that Leon Edwards has been promised mm. the next title fight in June or July uh, against Usman. I I don't think anybody's got names on those contracts yet. I don't think signatures have been laid down. And if I'm Leon Edwards, who's been passed over a few different times for a few different reasons, mm. I, like, I don't know. I, I would want to make sure my name was signed before that match got in the, the octagon on Saturday because if Chimeyev blows through Burns like he's done to everybody else, we've talked about it, right? Like earlier tonight, you guys were saying about Connor getting another title fight just because he's Connor. This is all about making money and selling pay-per-views, and it would be hard to say we're going to hold off Chimeyev because you know, he would Leon, sell way more pay per views. Yeah, than Leon Edwards. He becomes a huge like, pay per view star. So if you do Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman in June or July, that means somewhere over the summer, Chimeyev is probably going to fight Covington. And if he loses, your your cash cow is dead, right? Like I could see the UFC pulling some of their funny business here, and all of a sudden Chimeyev is in if he. If he beats Burns and all of a sudden, sorry, Leon, right? like you're pushed to the side again Yeah, and we're going to do, because otherwise, yeah, you're going to have to run those what paper, two. F- what pay-per-view you want to buy? Oh, I. Do you have, uh, oh, it's not even close. Usman or yeah. Usman Burns? Yeah. No, it's not even close. Yeah. Right. No. Not close. Well, yeah. In, in the and that's thing. what I'm saying. Like they know that too. It well, doesn't matter about the rankings. They care about money. When the UFC it has to be careful too, because you can't have. Shumaya fighting all of your top five guys, making them all irrelevant <laughs> either, right? No, like, it's he, true. like, that's the big thing. If you're, he's due for a title shot next, you know, and depending on how this fight goes, you know, next Saturday, there's Vince Luke versus uh, Bilal Muhammad, who's another two top five like, in the welterweight division. Yeah. And that's a fight night next week. So, you know, those are guys that are looking to get in there. So one of those two might be fighting Shumayev next, which I would actually expect. I, I assume we're going to see it very soon, but it is going to be confirmed. Well, that'd be a step back though, right? Like well, he, but Covington it, is is the next fight if for Shumayev, isn't it? If it's not the title. 
for Covington, yes. I, I believe that's going to be the next fight. But yeah. um, I also just think, too, when you look at it, I think Usman versus Edwards is going to be announced soon. Yeah. And then I think one of these two, between Luke and Muhammad next week, are going to be the ones that fight Shemaev, or it's going to be Covington, because Covington's kind of sitting there with like Unless you know Shemaev loses and burns, like Covington versus oh, Burns is a if fight. If he loses, that this is right all there. totally so, derailed. Yeah, yes. but then again, like that that's a UFC, right? There could be anything that happens here, but either way, the welterweight's in a good spot right now. With, oh, man, it's There's fun. a good like four guys yep. that are, are kind of all lingering, and Shemaev's here to kind of disrupt it all. Yeah. Like he's a wild card and I love it. So like I said, I, I, I'm going to stick with Shemaev. I think we all are no matter what yeah. here. But at the same time. <laughs> Except for on the money line. On the yeah. Demo- yeah, honestly, I cannot believe that Gilbert Burns against the number 11 is getting, is this much of a dog. Yeah. It might be worth laying down a couple I bucks. Am, and it's not the only one I'm going to. Okay. I'm taking a couple dogs. Uh, well, that appears to be, like we said, the, the main event of the night, but we will move on to the two title fights. I suppose they are also somewhat relevant. Uh, we took a bit of a break there. Uh, Bunda and I back over to the, uh, the keg tap. Creech, you grab something else. What do you got going on there? Yeah, I got the, uh, chocolate milk stout, which was Wellington, I think. Yeah. It was Wellington, yeah. Wellington chocolate milk stout. And I've had one sip and I think I'm digging it. Yeah. It's a nice beer. And you, went, you went stout, IPA stout. So. Correct. Doesn't uh, guy knows how to move. He's stick and move. Stick and move. Actually, I'm I'm infam- infamous for that. Yeah. In, in, in anything, like I could have like a Caesar, an IPA, <coughs> uh, gin and tonic, uh, tequila shot. Like, yeah, that's kind of how I roll. How I've always rolled. I, one of the places that I was most disappointed about as we take just a, a brief side street here uh, that didn't make it through the pandemic, and obviously there was a bunch of them, was uh, was just west of Elgin called Bureaucracy. And um, that was an all-craft beer spot, but it had some good food as well. Um, but there's another one on Elgin called the Elgin Beer Project, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite spots in town. Same thing, right? Like that just, didn't make it? No, it did make it. Oh, it's as far as I know. St. Louis, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's right beside yeah. the St. Louis Bar and Grill. And it was like, especially during the summer, they got a little patio there and you can sit outside and it is a stick and move place, right? Yeah. Like hit me with a stout of this, hit me the next time it's an IPA from a totally different company. Now we're doing a, a cream ale from whatever. You want and, a pro tip? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. You're going to El Camino. All yeah, right, right there. Right you gotta the wait. You gotta wait for your table. Yeah. You get like a little beeper. Yeah. Oh, I'll get beer across project. the street. <laughs> Try a couple beers. Oh, your buzzer goes off. Gorgeous right, back idea. over here. Oh man, this, that is a pro tip. Yeah, no, I've done that a few times. It's, I thought we were gonna say good. go grab some wings from San Luis and then <laughs> they do nice stuff. Yeah, and then just let's ditch go on eat El an appetizer <laughs> in San Luis before. Uh... <laughs> that is where I watched uh, Austin Matthews four goal debut against the uh, who was that the Ottawa Center. Yeah, that that whole thing. And I know Senate. Yeah, right? Look at this guy. Always who we all know what. The best part is he grew up a Leafs fan. Oh, I grew up and a he's huge. trolling. Yeah. Why are you doing this, man? <laughs> because they're the most frustrating team. Like I think we were talking earlier before the show. It's like I don't care if Austin Matthews scored eighty goals this season and Marner's got like forty and one hundred and fifty <laughs> points. They never win in the playoffs. Like they got to win in the playoffs. It's like they're frustrating, and you know that. Just like every yep. Leaf fan should yep. know that. And if you don't know that, and you're a Leaf fan, you're delusional. <laughs> That's what Lloydie asked me the other day about. Uh, Shout out to Steve Lloyd, good yep. lad. Likes, uh, friend of the show. Likes his friend of the show and yep. likes his tall cans and yep. likes his tall can audio. <laughs> um, 
but he, he uh, does this does this loss do anything? Does it change how you feel about the Maple Leafs? I'm like, no, because a Florida any a, win a any loss team, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like, it, like they <laughs> call it's, me they're May. a prove it to me team. Yeah. No matter what happens, yep. like they're sick. But they've got goaltending issues, and they have demons of playoff pass. So they, they could have stomped Florida 10-1, and I, it, it wouldn't have changed anything. It, no. It's we'll see what happens mm-hmm. in the first round. And I'm not like I'm not even trying to be negative. No, or, or, or that's all that matters. That's I'm, where they're at. Yeah. Show me in the playoffs, and I have yeah. a question for you quickly. Yeah, all right, who would but you? By want the way, round one, Leafs and Sens playing, and you can't go to the game. St. Louis on Elgin. Guinness and uh, and with chicken wings all night. It's not a bad spot to watch. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Lightning or Bruins in the two three matchup. I want the Bruins. I want to slay the goddamn dragon. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> it, look, when Ov won his cup, had to go through Pittsburgh. Had to get through that monster before he got to go do anything else. And you know what? I say this every year, but Boston's a one-line team, and but they don't have Chara anymore, right? They don't have Rask anymore. Now Jeremy Josh Swyman Brown. has turned a bit. Like all, yeah, terrified of Josh Brown. Good luck getting to the net. I was a, a big Oshawa Generals guy when he captained them to the Memorial Cup. So you big Jens guy. Yeah, I grew up in Oshawa, right? So yes. I, I was so a Jenny's like guy. DJ Smith, then. Yeah, I do a little bit. Like him better here in Ottawa than I did in Toronto. Uh, that works out well. But yeah, you know what? It, it it just Tampa Bay. I know they're struggling. I think they've got four regulation wins in their last fourteen games. They know what to do in the playoffs, right? The, I, the yeah, third that could be a team that's like, yeah, let's we'll just flick we'll the switch till we're there. And Vasilevsky is just terrifying. No, give me Boston again. Like, let's do this. Let's let's try the thing once more. And, That's what and, my answer would be. I was just curious, though, because uh, as I said, Lloydie and I had that discussion yeah. a few days ago. But what if you're a Leafs fan, what do you want? You want the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion or you want the team that I want to slay the dragon. has done what they've done? Yeah. Or I want the dragon to fry me once more, like once and for all. Uh, let's get into these. Uh, I'll just let you know quickly that uh, Vancouver did slay the Chicago Blackhawk Dragon, and yep. they didn't end up winning the cup. Yeah, so. well, look. All right, on to the fights. Yeah, now that you've That's completely deflated me. Yeah, honestly, just every <laughs> turn, yeah. right? Binda brings it out of me. Okay. Oh man, I was. Uh, I'm always down to troll and play games and pranks. Appreciate that. Really glad he's brought that to the table here tonight. Uh, oh, by the way, thanks for the beers. You got it, man. Yeah, I, uh, happy to uh, happy to provide that trolling fuel. <laughs> Let's get into the two title fights that are going to main event this thing, and then Bunda no doubt has a, a fight in mind that's going to happen at like three forty five p.m. on I the Facebook. Two, I think. <laughs> he's got the Chris Stevenson style notepad. On no the doubt, prelims, the Facebook fights. This guy comes prepared all the time, but uh, we got the two title fights here. And I believe it's, uh, yeah, bantamweight here, Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. We've seen this before, and it ended ended in controversial fashion. Um, I don't know about you guys, but as I'm reading some reviews and I'm listening to other people tee this up, I'm kind of seeing a little bit of revisionist history here in, in some people trying to say that maybe Aljamain Sterling was winning this fight before Piotr Jan landed the illegal strike to the head when Sterling was down. And I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you do, um, but in the moment, uh, Sterling is down 
And Piotr Jan looks at his corner, says, mm-hmm. can I hit him? And they're telling him, yeah, like get him. And he delivers this knee strike, I believe it was, mm-hmm. to the head. And the refs are like, yeah, no, you cannot fucking do that. Um, the guy's down. You can't bury a knee into his temple like that. And so there's a disqualification. Uh, Aljamain Sterling ends up taking the title uh, by disqualification. A lot of people said at the time, maybe you should have just thrown the fight out altogether and not declared a winner. But in my mind, the guy blatantly fouled. Like, he he was fine to take the loss. Uh, but then we move on. Sterling goes on and has surgery. Piotr Jan comes back. No, I've got that backwards. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, Aljamain Sterling has to make his way back in. He fight. No, Piotr Jan. Who faced Corey Sandhag? Jan. Jan fought. Jan fought. Okay, I had it right. All right. I was talking myself into a corner like I did with uh, with my stocky girl there back in the earlier <laughs> fights. Anyway, um, shout out to stocky girls. We Not love you. Helping you out. There. No, that's fine. Did it to myself this time once again. Uh, so this is a fight that is as almost sort of went from respectful the last time we saw it to like, now there's some juice behind it. Now there's some venom there, uh, as, as it's taken a while to get back to doing this again. Uh, I still think Piotr Jan is, and most people do, and, and Vegas certainly does is the favorite, but, um, Aljamain Sterling is a dangerous fighter. What do you guys make of this? Yeah, for Aljamain Sterling, you know, he talked about how, when he was in that first fight with Jan, he, he was dealing with his neck and all these injuries. It wasn't good, and he didn't fight the way he did. I, I don't know. If anyone's going to tell me he was winning that fight, they're delusional. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what was like. I'm with you. Yeah, Peter Yawn was well. well in two in, different like, previews I read leading up to this show, they were saying, you know, maybe Sterling had the first two rounds. I'm like, what are you talking he about? He had a couple of moments in yes. the fight where he didn't, like, you know, he, he had a respectable fight is yeah. what I'll put it. But Yawn was winning that fight. No, hands down. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> Good solid drop there, too. But, um, yeah, Jan was winning that fight, and, and he knows it, too. Um, yeah, and it was very unfortunate because, like you said, he asked his corner, but at the same time, he should know. Yeah. Like, you can't knee a guy when he's, like, to the face when right. he's on his knees and his hands are down. So, And that's exactly what happened. So, you know what? Yeah, you he lose. paid the price. He went his, he got his interim, which I think is the stupidest thing in the yeah. world, his interim ta- championship. Oh, my with, God. The UFC hands yeah, us out like yeah. Halloween, we're, candy on Halloween. Yeah. Oh, it's just ridiculous. But at the same time, they have to do it for title fights they Sometime. promise in certain buildings. Contracts oh, yes, they sign with arenas to say, we'll give you a title fight and here's an interim title So fight. he's got, he went back and you know what? Uh, credit to Peter Yaw on that because he, he didn't go and like complain and nope. like, you know, bitch about it. He went out and fought a hell of a fight against Sanhagen. That was a great fight. Yes. Um, won that fight fair. And then now he's got a, another chance to take his belt back. But, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, reading earlier this week, Sterling's like, yeah, you know, I, I had to have surgery. Now I had to get through my camp. I took a couple of days off during my camp just to figure out how to get, like, he needs time to clear his head and get to his fight. Now he has, he, he claims that, you know, he dealt with that neck injury when he was fighting the first time and he's going to be a much better fighter now. So I am curious to see how he comes out now. He's, he's got the surgery. He's talked a lot about it now. Like, let's back it up, especially if people are going to be saying he was going to win or whatever. (laughs) I don't know what was going on there. I don't think he was ever going to win that fight unless he he delivered a crazy strike that knocked him out. But Jan seems to be the real deal right now. Yeah. Creech, any thoughts on this one? Man. 
Sterling was so impressive in that win over Sanhagen. Like yeah. I w- mm. watching that, I'm like, okay, this dude is nuts, and I, I can't wait for that the eventual fight that we would see what happened and we get kneed in the head and he's awarded the championship belt and he walks out of the ring without it and and then everything that's played itself out since then. I, I just don't see him winning though. I I don't see it happening. It, uh, he he's athletic and he has the ability and and if he's not the best, he's the second best in the in the division. But I just don't see him coming out winning. I I, I think he's outmatched here and, and maybe I have the blinders on because of watching that, that first fight, but I, I just I don't really see a path to victory for Aljamain Sterling. Um like the, the you, you kind of sit back and go the best thing you could hope for is that Aljamain Sterling learned some things from that first encounter. I just don't mm. think he's good enough. But Piotr like, Jan also learned some things from that first I, fight. I think he's and, terrific. Like yeah. I, I'm not trying to cut the guy down. No. I, I just think I just think he's overmatched. I, I just think that Piotr Jan is well, especially in the five rounds. In division, right? Like mm. if you haven't beaten Jan by the end of round two, you're probably not gonna because. He's constantly adjusting. He's constantly learning. He gets better as the fight goes yes. on. Yes, yeah. and he's going to pick you apart if you haven't already beaten him. And when you get dragged out into the deep water there with with Piotr Jan, I, I just I don't see it either. And and look, you could say this about any MMA fight. Anything can happen. You land a shot, whatever. But to me, as you guys have both said, like and Aljamain Sterling's a freak. He's, like, a, he's incredible. He he's, honestly I is. Just, I just, I just think he's second best in yeah. the situation. Yeah. No, Jan is just fantastic, and I, I, I don't know what he was thinking. As you guys said, you can look to your corner, and they can tell you, yeah, why don't you bury your knee into that guy's face? You need to know yourself. No, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, that's gonna be. Who had him losing? That? Right. Like, yeah. That's what cost him the belt. Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Yeah. And for Sterling, this is a fight where he he now knows. Like, and if he didn't know, like you you, you for sure know now. Um, like Jan's grappling and his take. Like, don't let it get to that. No. He's got the reach advantage. Like. Yeah. You need to stay up and strike with him. Yeah. That's your only way of beating him up and, and winning this fight. Because and, and Sterling's a guy that's got some wrestling, and you know he's got kind of a unorthodox kind of way of fighting. He's he's his own kind of style. Yep. But like you just know now, don't let him get his hands on you because it's game over. Yep. Like that round is over. So that's the only way you can win. I don't see him winning, but it, it, for for uh, Peter Yon here, it's. It's going to be a big time fight for him because the bantamweight too. It's a division that's stacked pretty good. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we're all on the same page. Then Piotr Jan's going to going to take this one pretty comfortably by the sounds of it. Yeah, we're, get, we're getting a finish. Feeling. Yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah, finish. I, I could yeah. go to uh, I could go to the under uh, underdog here, but I'm not going to. I think that Jan's got this. Like he's got he's out. You, you don't think he's out there to pu- uh, prove a point as well? Like losing that. Technically, and he's pissed, that, right? Like he called, he, he called out Sterling a couple times too about ducking him, like, and oh, now you're going to go have surgery and things like that. And you're like, yeah. it seems legit, but he's pissed off. I think he's out to to kind of set his name here, right? And, mm-hmm. No, I, I'm down. I, I got you on. Yeah, uh, and for me, probably late round two, early round three. I, I don't think this is going to go all that deep. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, well, why don't we get to the main event, the Korean Zombie? versus Alexander Volkanovsky. And uh, this one is for the featherweight title. A lot of little guys on this uh, on this card. But this one should see some action, right? This one should be entertaining. Um, 
look, this is one of those things where I've felt a little bit at times like Volkanovsky isn't getting the credit that maybe he deserves or maybe even the popularity that he deserves. But there's a certain amount of he keeps beating the shit out of everybody's favorite fighters, right? And and there's a bit of that on the table again here this weekend. You're so right. He's on a 20-fight win streak and, like, nobody mm. talks about it. Right. Anyone. But, he, you know, he's... He's, he's got to be the most disrespected champ. But we, like, everybody loves Max Holloway. Well, he, yeah. he smashed Max Holloway. Uh, people love the Korean zombie. I would suggest he might be about to smash the Korean zombie. And it's hard to get popular when you keep beating up everybody's favorite fighter. But you're right, like, the the streak that he's put together and the, the way that he does things and, and his skills are beyond reproach at this point, and we just don't talk about him. And I don't know if it's the weight class... Or maybe a little bit of a, like he did try on a couple of times being a little bit more mouthy, right? A little bit more, it just didn't really fit. Like maybe it's a personality thing, but this guy's legit, even if we're not giving him the attention that we should. Um, I don't know. Like, what do you guys make of this fight? Because to me, the Korean zombie gets his name from the fact that he doesn't stop coming forward, even while getting punched in the face repeatedly. (laughs) Uh, or elbowed. Yeah. Oh, that was heartbreaking. Fuck. Um, he's Ugh. tough as nails, but Volkanovsky is maybe just on a slightly different level here. Yeah, no, 100%. And I love Volkanovsky because he's like that. He's got a lot of GSP in him where, you know, we love GSP in Canada, but so much when he was a champion was how boring of a fighter yeah. he was, but yeah. he always won. And, you know, the one thing I'm nervous about is Volkanovsky's power. Right, we've not we've yet to see him uh, finish someone in yeah. that kind of you know I guess style and, and Usman had it before he started knocking guys out. Right, That's it right. was like you're a boring wrestler that doesn't yeah, know. Yeah, he how was to, getting the GSP exactly handle. until yeah. he started knocking guys out. So then now we're seeing Volkanovski's that guy, and I, I grew a lot of respect for him watching the Ultimate Fighter against Ortega and. You know, he's just so by the book. He's so classy. He does everything right. And, and watching Ortega, I lost a lot of respect for him at the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> watching him show up late. His team is like hanging out at the gym, like without him. And like they're training with Volkanovsky's team because, you know, Ortega's out taking selfies at Starbucks. Like, like that's. Props to you for, uh, for, for watching all those Ultimate Fighters. So what are we I, up to? Yeah. Season three? I can't back, get back into them. Like, that, I, I grew up on those. I loved it. This was a good season. And I'm not denying yeah. that it could be. I just. A, I don't even know where to find them. Like, <laughs> yeah. what I, what platform are they on? Is it Spike TV? They were on TSN. They were on TSN. Oh, shit, we should know that. Yeah. <laughs> it just came back after a couple of years. But, like, it was one of those things where, and, I, and that was the thing. I really like Volkanovski. Like, I, I love his fighting style. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch because mm-hmm. he's just a guy, like I said, he kind of has that respectable champion. Like, when he beat Holloway the first time, like, there was a bit of, like, hey, like, he might have lost that fight to Holloway, yes. right? Like, there was a bit of that, but then he came back. What did he do? He beat him up again. And this time, like, it but was... wouldn't you say, like, neither one was super convincing. The second one was a bit more than it the first one. It was a one. bit more, yeah. Yeah. But, like, when, when Holloway beat, uh... Ah, come on. No. Jose Aldo? Yeah, that's who I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, he had two fights against Aldo, yeah. Yeah, like, when Holloway took the title off of... <laughs> of Jose Aldo, he did it convincingly. And like, there was no doubt left. And when Volkanovsky's fought Holloway, he's won both those fights and they've both been legit, but like, it, it doesn't feel like that rivalry is over, right? Like it doesn't feel like there's been that one 
smash moment. And I feel like... It was supposed to be Max was going to take his title back this weekend. Yeah. Mm. And that all got yeah, messed I, up. And, but don't you think, like, like that's what's next. If Volkanovski wins again this weekend, he's getting Holloway again. And we're yeah. going to run that back, right? We're going to see what that looks like a third time and see if he can have that that signature moment, that big win that says, I am the best in this division. You guys know who's going to have a signature moment this mm. weekend? Korean Zombie. Oh, really? yeah. creature. Korean Zombie. Man, my heart was broken when he got that last second elbow uh, against Yair Rodriguez. That was a crazy, crazy fight that he yeah. was winning until the final second of that fight. Um, I, I think Korean Zombie is stepping up, and I could be so wrong on this. I, I feel almost wrong, but at uh, plus 525, yeah. <laughs> this is my other underdog. You're going to lay some cash yeah, down I there. Am, yeah. Because I love, I love watching this dude fight, and he's the heavy underdog. He's always, there's always fireworks. He's going to do it. Korean Zombie. I love that, right? And and because he's one of those guys that has had a bit of a an up and down career. Uh, he disappeared for I believe just over three years because he had to go to in in Korea. You're yep. you're bound to do some civil service like military uh, service. So he disappeared for two years, and then it ended up being closer to three. Uh, I believe he's four. Yeah, he, he lost to Aldo, and yeah. then and then it was three or four years. I believe like three he's three and a half years, four and two since his return. Um, and he's one of those guys. Yeah, and the only two losses are to Rodriguez, yeah. that, that which he was winning that fight. Yes. And then Brian Ortega two yeah, fights ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, he's one of those guys that you, you really like, and he's tough as nails, and his chin is just... One of the things, I don't know about you guys, like, when I watch Volkanovski, he's almost operating on a different level in the sense that He's, he's got no pattern, right? And just when it seems like he does in terms of his movements, he's getting high and low and he's in and out and he's left and right. And then he quickly switches stances and he goes southpaw for a few He doesn't give you a chance to settle in and ever get comfortable mm-hmm. for at least like a round and a half or two rounds. He's just making you guess at what he's going to do, where he's going to be, how far away he might be. And then he'll close on you and he'll create that that space when he wants to and he'll come in on you when he wants to he's just a very like intellectually smart fighter and and Volkanovsky uh against a guy like like the Korean zombie to me super interesting I love the Korean zombie he's tough as nails I just I don't think he's as technically skilled as he's Volkanovski. definitely not yeah. and I don't mean to disrespect Volkanovsky no you might for that be the beers play. talking yeah <laughs> but I I love Korean zombie and yeah. that's who I'm taking all right and you heard it here first okay. and you can erase this when I'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't see it at all like <laughs> at all. like and, and I know like I like I just admit it like I'm a huge Volkanovsky fan but like this is a guy that's just beat like the top tier fighters in in that division yeah you know constantly the last couple of years and when you look at zombie like he's beat Dan Ige like last June but before that like he lost to uh, Brian Ortega like he's only fought twice in the last two years like he hasn't fought a lot and I just I don't know like the way that you watch like you, you summed up pretty good Matt like like Volkanovski doesn't take his pedal off the gas. Like he's in your face and he's taking, like he's always controlling the fight and he's got just unreal cardio. Yeah. Like, the, like at 146, this used to be a 225 pound rugby player <laughs> in Australia. Like oh he's just, God. yeah, like he's just crazy Volkanovski. But, and, do you and guys I, agree with me? Most underrated or disrespected, disrespected, 
disrespected male UFC champion? Hundred percent. He's up there for sure. Absolutely. 100%. He, for me, he is he's. We don't talk about him at all. And like I said, I I, I think we'll appreciate it more after his. You think career. it's the size? Like, uh, do we just no, not care? I, no, I it's, it's the way the, he fights. It's he's not he's not that spectacular knockout guy. That, no, you're right. Yeah, it's like and I like Bunda was saying, he was trying to sell the like trying to be the bad guy and all that stuff. Yeah, like he he did he, try that on, right? I'm gonna see. Yeah, it didn't work out no. for him, and he knows that now. He's like, I'm not doing this anymore because it's not his style. Like he, he just doesn't have that star selling pay per view power. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah. But like GSP, like he had that though. He like, had that, but he also never took that like. He never had that respect, especially from other fighters like Koscheck. All these guys used to just chirp him. It's like all you do is Josh just like Koscheck. Yeah. Great pull. Well, just, that's the only thing they could do. Let's try to get in this guy's head. Yeah, yeah. that's why GSP weighed in on this uh, Colby Covington, uh, Jorge Masvidal <laughs> stuff that we were talking about earlier in the show. Is he's like I never took any. He's like all these guys tried to do that to me, and I didn't take it personally. I took it as them selling mm-hmm. a fight. Yeah, and he's like, and I saw that as more money for me. Yeah, sure. And mm-hmm. then I mopped the floor with him. Yeah. Yeah, for so, five rounds. <laughs> I think this will be a lot better fight than I'm expecting. Like I, I think it's going to be one sided Volkanovski, but knockout uh, Korean zombie. Yeah, like wow, here comes yeah. the Korean zombie. But either way, it's going to be uh, a good title fight. But I, I'm, I'm leaning for sure. I'm not going to budge off Volkanovski. Yeah, I, you guys I, aren't I, even leaning. You're just no, yeah. and I don't blame you. But it, to me, it's Volkanovski from the judges. Like, I don't think there's a finish here. I think this is going to go the distance. We just haven't seen Volkanovski finish enough guys to... No. And that's a little disappointing in the main event, but I think there's going to be enough fireworks on this card that uh, that that'll be all right. Mm -hmm. And And that's where it always comes from, right? Is like you have to have like those spectacular knockout and finishes. You look at his last four fights, decision... Third, fifth, 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 like yeah. against Holloway, like even like Mendez, his first, like 2018 was last time he's had a knockout. Knocked out Ian Mendez? <laughs> no, not, not <laughs> Ian. Yeah, but yeah, just like that's the thing. Like he yeah. hasn't, like he's not that guy. And, yeah. but he's still fighting some of these top guys and beating them. Like he's beating all the top guys right now. So Green Zombie, I'm not sure. But the big thing here is like there's some, Big time uh, fighters coming up in Arnold Allen and Bryce Mitchell. Yep. Bryce Mitchell is the guy I'm all about. I think you guys could all figure that one out pretty quickly. But well, and Arnold Allen to me, like, he, yeah, that's a name you keep hearing. Like, he's yeah, he's he's, he's on the flying up yeah. that division yeah. right now, big time. But so is Bryce Mitchell. So we're we're seeing the featherweight get pretty stacked right now. Yair Rodriguez, like he, you know, he just lost to Max Holloway, but Calvin Cater just had a big fight. Arnold Allen just had a big win. Bryce Mitchell just had another big win. He's slowly moving his way back up that division too. So we're we're seeing some of these younger kind of new style fighters enter that way. So Max Holloway, like I know everyone loves this guy, but if he loses again in, yeah. in a fight against Volkanovski, like you're looking at a he guy. He wasn't going to. Yeah. Like he better not like, but it's just like, that's a good division right now. There's a lot of competitiveness, but I also love the fact that there's some good young talent that's coming up and Arnold Allen just seems to be the guy too. That's huge right now, but love seeing Bryce Mitchell get a win a couple weeks back. Well, this is normally the part of the show where, uh, I ask Bunda for, uh, a pick or two off the prelims and Creech and I head out to the green room and have a pint or two while oh, Bunda man. takes care of that. But, uh, I don't know. What are you seeing on the, uh, on the undercard that's going to be, uh, on TSN free before the pay-per-view goes live. What's, what's caught your eye this time, Bunda? Well, I'll go with the big one and it's the Canadian making is, is debut and Mike Malott. 
Um, like this is guy, a guy who, um, you know, he's from Burlington, but he's been out East. Uh, he's fighting with a Uriah Faber's team. Like, like he's moved to California to train there, but, um, like he, you know, he was on the Dana White contender series a couple months back. He had his big guillotine choke, like got 39 seconds of the fight. Now he's, he's got his title shot. Well, not title shot, but first UFC debut. So I'm pretty excited to see him. Like he hasn't lost a fight since 2014 to Hakeem Dawadu. So like, wow. like this guy is like, and he's all about finishes. Like he's got four submission finishes. He's got three knockouts. Like this is a guy, he's fun. He's making his UFC debut at 30. So I'm, you know, just, I always love the Canadian talent, but this of is a guy too. I've been excited about just to see him get that USA, uh, UFC debut. Um, and that's the first fight of the prelims. So, you know, make sure you watch you that for in sure. at 6 p.m. Yeah, the prelims, <laughs> you got to watch that because uh, Mike Malott, he's uh, making his UFC debut. I'm excited Mickey for Gall. that. Mickey Mick- Gall's on yeah. the card. Oh, CM Punk fame. Yeah. Yes, well, exactly. That's who Mike Malott's taking on. So uh, it's big. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. Um, you know, he took three years off of UFC from 2017 to 2020 as well. So that's a, that's a guy like that's just ready to go. And I think the last fight of the prelims that I have to give a big shout out to is my man Ian Gary. There he and is. Conor McGregor yeah. Yeah. 2.0. Like he made his UFC debut knockout right at the last second of the, of the first round. Like just awesome. Like the excitement is there. You know, I'm, I'm excited for him to do this and, and I want to see him have another big fight. He was talking this week about his meeting Conor McGregor being called Conor McGregor 2.0. <laughs> he says he doesn't want, he's like, I want to be the next, you know, myself. Like he just wants to be himself. But Ian Gary is another, like that, that's the first fight of the prelims. But, I love just throwing in another prelim fight in here. That's just hilarious. But my man, Biggie Boy, Rosenstrike. He's I would, This is the one Martin I had my eye on. Oh, it's like this is the one I had my eye on too on the prelims. Rosenstrug <laughs> versus Tabora on. Uh, this is it. Like these heavyweight fight. These are two guys that were main eventers, and they're in the middle of the prelims. Yeah, like two heavyweights that have knockout power. Like it's just ridiculous. Like this card is stacked. Like and I love it. Like you could sit down from the prelims on. And you could have five hours of awesome fights. When do the Facebook Live fights start? Oh, man. <laughs> Facebook Live. I'll be going on uh, Periscope. Follow me. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's, uh, it's a stock card, though. But like On the Bunda OnlyFans is actually Bunda what we like to follow. <laughs> <laughs> if only I'd make money off that. No. I mean, I just took three fights. I don't know if you guys are looking forward to any others. but I, Like I said, I had the uh, Mickey Gall. I've always had a bit of a soft spot for. Um but uh, yeah, when he's going up against the Canadian, it's a bit of a different story. And yeah, the I don't know. Tabora to me is an interesting guy. Like he he's not afraid. Mm-hmm. I, I like those heavyweights that are, you know, willing to get in and, and kind of throw bombs around a bit, right? And instead of just having these two big guys roll around, and I think this fight has the the potential to be that. There's something always about a good heavyweight fight, right? That's just oh, like yeah, it has that. It's deep. like you, you, every time the heavyweights go at it, it's like this isn't going to the the third. Right? Like no, this is not going it's the not distance. Going to the judges. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. So to me, yeah, I, the, same one there. The the Rosenstroke versus uh, versus Tabor is the one that I had. Eyes yeah, on, no, so. Mike Malott for me too. Yeah. Just yeah, Mickey. As I said, Mickey Gall of CM Punk fame. Yeah. Or that was that was his debut, right? And then, that was Punk's debut. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it Mickey Gulls as well? It could have been. Yeah, I, he's been I, around for a while. I don't know how. Like, I could that, be wrong on that. Swimming upstream yeah. a little but bit. But since yeah. then, it's just been win loss, win loss yeah. kind of thing. He's and having a hard time getting up. And hopefully, going. it's an L mm. this weekend. Yeah. Um, this is awesome, guys. I love when you guys come in and, and we get to do this even better in uh, in person. We've had to 
we've been on and off, right? You've been in once. We've had to do it online a few times because of the uh, the pandemic. And uh, once Bunda twisted my arm into getting the keg filled up again. Uh, oh, man. You told me about this keg, and I finally got to see it in action. And, you know, the stouts have been pretty solid tonight. So I appreciate that. And another shout-out to the guys at uh, Vimy. Lay down the uh, where can people hear you, where can people follow you, where can people read you, what's going on there. Creech, lead us off. Uh, yeah, I, all over the place, I guess, on TSN 1200 with uh, uh, In the Box, Sense Pre and Post Game Show, The Drive, et cetera, et cetera. The utility, the super utility guy, I guess. And I just got to – CM Punk was not his Mickey Gall's debut. I, I think he had one fight. No, it was Punk's debut. Was my no, no, I know, but I thought it was Mickey Gall's, but I, I think I'm wrong on that. I think yeah, he had I one think fight. Yeah, I think Mickey Gall had one fight. But it was early in his career. Yes, it was. It was very early in Mickey yeah. Gall's career as well. Uh, but yeah, you, TSN 1200 sends pre and post game shows and uh, right here, Tall Can Audio, whenever there's a big UFC card. Love that. Bunda? Yeah, uh, Steve Bunda 91 on Twitter. Faces Mag, you know, we, we're always uh, putting out every every two months, we put out a new issue, getting ready for the May-June issue coming out very soon. So uh, that's what I've been doing right now. Somewhere around May or June. Yeah, yeah. May, May. <laughs> May 1st, baby. <laughs> Uh, this is awesome, guys. Like I said, um, it, it's great that you guys have made th- the time throughout the pandemic is when we sort of started doing these uh, online, but it's so much better when we're able to sit around. Yes. This is much more like a pub table uh, when we're able to do it in person. Uh, thank you so much for making the time. As always, uh, that's Graham Creech and Steve Bunda. Uh, we will post their links and their uh, social media handles in the show notes at tallcanaudio.com. Uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, we are on the eve of opening day for Major League Baseball, your Toronto Blue Jays. Dan Schulman was on episode 953. Uh, make sure you check that out wherever you're hearing this one or just visit tallcanaudio.com. Uh, Monday morning, Rob's back in the co-host chair. We'll see you all then on the next episode of Tall Can Audio. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.